back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, and I'm joined today by the Ryu to my Ken. It's Brett Hancock. Brett, how you doing? Good. I was I had a whole like ghost thing ready, and then you hit me with the with the Street Fighter. So what's up, yeah, dude? Yeah, you. And uh, I, I thought I'd hit you in your wheelhouse. You know, I'd hit you where where it counts. You did. Give, but you, give you a nice softball uh, right down the middle of the plate to open up. There's no softballs now, though. We're in day three of a. Uh, Global quarantine, yeah. Yeah, people are people are freaking out. There's, um, I think everyone is realizing why house arrest is a real punishment now. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it's not great. I found myself like excited to go to Seven Eleven last night and like get a soda, and like I walked in, I was just like, yeah, man, life's amazing. We got these Pe- like, there's a person people- here, you know. It was great. <laughs> people used to make fun of uh, like house arrest like oh that person just got house arrest like that's not a real punishment they have all their stuff it's like all your stuff is not going to save your sanity man no it's like, no you're still going to lose your mind so uh, as we said last night we're going to try to release a, a more aggressive release schedule during social distancing make multiple podcasts per week uh, providing a little extra content to try to get you through your week and we brought back the legend uh brett hancock from mm. from exile from uh <laughs> from his deserted desert island yeah we brought him in yeah uh, brett brett is the uh the og seahawks nest the the uh, original iteration of the seahawks nest and whenever we make a joke about brett or we do like the brett scale now you get to experience <laughs> the full brett for the people who have joined who didn't listen to this podcast like what six years ago was it uh <laughs> last time my- you were on Oh, oh, the last time I was on? Yeah, it was about five or six years ago. I'm just glad that the Brett scale replaced the Brett impressions. And, pe- and you like you like let the guard down, right? So people were like, yeah, I guess it's okay that I never got to actually hear Brett. And, I, and, and all, all I have for knowledge is the impression. And now it's like, boom, just like hitting yeah, them, well, just hitting them right is- back with it. Honestly, yeah. it's an in- it's an intentionally horrible impression. That's oh no, man! Sometimes it's pretty good. Sometimes it's pretty good. Well, some of us are good at it, and some of us are just trying to be like, I don't know, guys. It's true, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. This is like the oh man, I want to say like the sixth iteration of it in total. It's seen it's seen some stuff, man. There's a there's some hidden episodes that were lost to the sands of time that I really wish I had. Oh man, <laughs> we'll get into that in a little bit. But first, let's, yeah, let's yeah. check in on our on our home team. The Seattle Seahawks made some moves today. Uh, the Seahawks brought back uh, Luke Wilson. No, uh, no one on this podcast is going to care about that though. Uh, I, I just I feel so neutrally about Luke Wilson. Like he's a football player. It's fine. Yeah, he's he's the fourth best football player at that position on the team. So it's like what? it's very kind of you to put him ahead of Ed Dixon. Oh yeah, fifth. Sorry. <laughs> I spoke way too soon on that one. It's very kind of you to put him ahead of Tyrone Swoops. Is Tyrone Swoops on the roster? No, he's at ERFA. We haven't tendered him. Okay. Oh, fifth. Uh, okay. Okay. I was. I just wanted to keep the joke going. Um. So Seahawks also brought back Bruce Irvin. Mm-hmm. Bruce Irvin played last season on the Panthers. Uh, do you Do you have any strong feelings about Bruce Irvin from back in the day? Like, are you Are you for this move? Or are you against it? How do you I'm feel? Definitely for it. Uh, I don't really care about how much it costs because. You know, you, you got to use it. But I mean, uh oh, we're uh, we're losing Brett. He's we're, he's the robots are uh, taking you through the uh, through the computer. How about um, how about let me now? just say this though? Yeah, it's better. I don't know okay. what happened there. But well, last season, he uh, he rushed the passer three hundred and forty five times. He had thirty six pressures, finished eight sacks, uh, had and also came in with twenty four run stops. Now, overall, he's not 
he's not great. You can't put him on the field for every play because he no. can't cover uh, super good. He is a medium tackler, uh, but he he's going to provide like a nice safe floor. He's going to be a good player in the rotation. He can play right. on the defensive end position or on outside linebacker. Uh, I, I'm 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 into the move. I think it's a good solid depth signing. That as long as it doesn't cost more than like five million dollars a year, it's totally totally. A yeah, good, I mean, good I'm all for it. I'll say like good athlete, like good player. Always a victim of like two like unfairly high expectations, right? Like he was a first round draft pick. You know what? Fifteenth, sixteenth, like somewhere in there. And yep. then he was good, but overshadowed. You know, on our team by seven hall of famers just you know in their prime and then signed a huge deal and just was the same player right good but not great and then yeah you know he's just kind of been kicking it around for a while so yeah i mean i'm all for it i mean he seems excited so can it you know can it really be that bad that's kind of that's kind of where i'm at so all right, yeah. Well, the Seahawks also made a move at offensive tackle. The Jermaine Fetty era seems to finally have come to a close the Seahawks signed Brandon Shell. Uh, at offensive tackle from the New York Jets. Let me just say this. He's not great, but he's like his play level is a Fetty without penalties. So that's like much better. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. If we, I'm not going to say that we shouldn't draft a tackle uh, and push these guys, but this does provide us a safer floor with a slightly better player than Jermaine Fetty. Not a, it's not a huge upgrade. Don't get, mm-hmm. don't get too excited. I mean, the less said about Jermaine Fetty, the better. I have no strong uh, or weak opinion about him. Like, he was healthy. Normally, that's, like, a good thing to say, and I'm not so sure it is. So, yeah, I mean, if they if they get a functional or even, like, an above-average lineman out of this guy, not to bury the lead, the other guy, and then whoever they draft, like, I'd say it's a success for not that much money. So... Yeah. Okay, they also signed Cedric Abui. Uh, now, among the two players we got, Brandon Shell and Cedric Abui, Cedric Abui has the uh, the more exciting uh, like pet athletic pedigree, but Shell has the much higher level of play. So if we look at what, what Cedric spent a lot of last year doing, he spent a lot of last year lining up as a sixth offensive lineman for the, hmm. for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and played some number of snaps at left tackle as well as a rotation guy. Uh, he, he played basically one game worth of left tackle. <laughs> uh, he's, yeah. He has an exciting athletic profile. He he has good movement, but he's strong. He's not strong, so that's what I think has kind of derailed his career. A decent run blocker, not a great pass blocker. I think they brought him in just to be a depth tackle and also be the sixth offensive lineman, the George Fant kind of role. I mean, he certainly uh, sounds like a Seahawks offensive lineman from the last half decade. So welcome. Um, yeah, Cedric Abui. I, I'm not like I'm not pumped about it. This is not a signing. I some people are saying on Twitter they think this is might be like a reclamation project where the Seahawks uh-huh. are going to try to turn him. It's not. Just get yeah. over that right now. Um, another thing about Abui is that he played guard in college as well and he played with uh johnny manzel so he knows what it's like to play with a running like running quarterback and have to stick with your blocks for longer so as far as like a guy who can back up all over the line and appear in the game as the sixth offensive lineman i think Mm -hmm. this is an excellent signing it's not exciting he's not going to make our offensive line awesome but he can back up all of the offensive line positions except center 
he can come in on some plays and run block and give us a little extra edge there because I know the Seahawks love to do that. So overall, I'm, I'm, I think this is a really good signing. They, they did their homework on this guy, and I feel like it's really going to work. Yeah, I I can't. Do you fall. like the six offensive linemen? Do you like the six offensive linemen thing, Brett? You a big fan? I would just rather have a tight end. That doesn't suck at that doesn't suck at run blocking, but I mean, you'd rather have Will Disley out there, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is like Will Disley and also you know offensive lineman insurance, and it's cheap. So like he's cheap. He's got you know he's got some chops from the sounds of it. So I mean, I don't know how you can really be too down on that kind of signing. So Chris. Christmas came early for Seahawks fans as well as Tedrick Thompson has been given the uh, given the opportunity to search out his own trade. Uh, yeah, we my definitely... favorite part of that tweet was they called him a starting safety. Yeah, I was going to say we, starting free We definitely have the right fan base. With like within a minute of that being posted in the group chat, everyone's just jumping on it, just like, well, like that's extremely generous. It just it's like man. Yeah. Whew. All right. Well, I guess, uh, you know, a seventh round pick is worth more than, you know, than a bag of sand or whatever the, I got nothing. It's been the, the best is like fans came in on the tweet and they're like, is he any good Seahawks fans? And everyone's just like, <laughs> no, not at all. No. And like posting, posting those pictures of him just getting like burned by John Ross over and over. And like, oh, God. <laughs> that was the, like, that was the play where it was like, huh. Yeah, this season might this season might be hanging on some kind of like some kind of thread. Like, oh boy! Someone here's some Twitter comments. I would start the coronavirus at safety over this useless (laughs) useless guy. Um, That's a that's a little harsh. Has a lot of potential, but gets burned twice a game. Nobody mentioned his Uh, horrible tackling. I mean, come on now. The best jokes are the ones that are that are seeped in facts, right? Yeah. Get Bill O'Brien on the phone. He's easily worth a second rounder. <laughs> Man, I can see that happening. Honestly, uh, I'm I'm really bummed that I missed the uh, that I missed the what the fifth or the sixth. Let's bang on Bill O'Brien podcast. But you know, hey, that's my uh, own fault. So, so J- Jameis went. I got to talk about Jameis Winston, Brett, because I know you're a fellow Jameis Winston guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, James Jameis, they made they, he got LASIK. Now he's going to get to see every other team get a quarterback, but not <laughs> not him. It's yeah. messed up. It's, it's he finally a, can see. It's not an insignificant thing. I mean, I don't know. I I don't get it. Like teams will ride or die with a cheap rookie quarterback who is horrible, and yet there's Jameis Winston who can't who can't even sniff like the Mike Glennon money. Like, come on, we're what four years removed from the Mike Glennon money. It's it's kind of nuts. I mean, maybe he'll get a chance. I don't know. Maybe the Chargers. Maybe that was a smokescreen. You know, like hey, we're gonna roll with Tyrod Taylor. Maybe he's the. Uh, you know, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't think Tyrod Taylor sucks. But no, maybe, but maybe he's like the Sonics of like you know like the I, ownership. He's just like the leverage guy and like nothing else. I'm I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna get on this corner early. There's some level of talent that Jameis Winston has. If you look up like first five season stats for quarterbacks he's among the all-time greats and it, it's like a bunch of guys who are in the hall of fame and then Jameis winston and i'm not saying Jameis winston's good because his tiny little hands cause a lot of fumbles and he throws a mm-hmm. lot of picks but there is a curve for improvement here that only needs to have one thing in it which is like stop making so many boneheaded throws 
If he yeah. can cut that out, he's literally one of the five best quarterbacks in the league. He does one thing wrong. And it is a big thing. I have to, I'm going to admit that it's a big part of football, not turning the ball over. Pete Carroll has taught us toxic differential really matters, but he puts a lot on the table. He led the league in passing last year. He's not a scrub. And the fact that he, the, the carousel is spinning and he might be the guy left without a seat while Nick Foles gets traded for a fourth round draft pick is a joke to me. I, I'm well, I mean, Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace really thinks that Nick Foles for a fourth rounder is better than Jameis Winston. He is the dumbest person in the entire world. I that was wild because, yeah, like to me too, I mean, I didn't exactly peg the Bears as a likely destination because I was definitely thinking, you know, where you were, like, okay, one of, you know, wherever the dominoes fall, right, one of those teams that doesn't get Rivers or Brady is going to obviously – or Cam Newton is obviously going to want Jameis Winston. And that didn't happen. But, like – Nick Foles is basically far worse as Jameis Winston, who's basically nothing like Mitch Trubisky. It makes so like, yeah, the Bears, I don't Yeah, like why did the Bears just sign Jameis Winston if they were gonna sign Nick Foles, who also is legitimately basically, bad? But um like basically the only you, options I see I see for him now are Patriots or Steelers backup. Oh, Patriots like, would be so the- tight. Steelers makes a lot of sense. Um because Roethlisberger's coming back, but he could still be dinged up. They definitely don't want Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges to be their backups after oh, what God. happened last year, where they missed a playoff basically only because their quarterback <laughs> couldn't give them even like a yeah, base level of play. That that roster is uh, well managed for the better part of a decade, so it's not it's no surprise. But I'm glad you mentioned. Uh, I'm glad they mentioned Pete Carroll in that because I instantly thought of uh, 2011, right, where like. Pretty talented roster, you know, young, but whatever. And they roll with um, whose name I can't remember. Oh, God, this is driving me nuts. Sorry. Whoever our quarterback was. Oh, who am I? The Seahawks? Yeah, before Wilson. Why can't I think of this dude's name? The guy who shot the guy who shot the the bullets through the roof of his garage, wasn't it? Like a uh, um, – t- z- uh, oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of this? He's I know. Vikings. See? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is going to drive me nuts and i'm going to listen back to this podcast yeah. to see what the sound is like and this part particularly is going to make me really mad because i know everyone's drive drive no they're not driving in their cars i know everyone's sitting <laughs> in their home office right now yeah. and they're and they're like yelling dude i literally name. cannot think of this either. either way you know it it doesn't matter although it kind of does because now it's different but like okay that is your that is your opposite of Jameis Winston, right? Where like you will never be better than that. Yet Jameis Winston, oh, it's to, it's Tavares Jackson. Thank you, thank you. So you either have <laughs> Tavares Jackson on a roster, or you have Jameis Winston on a roster, and it's like when. And I know you've talked about this a bunch. It's like wouldn't you rather have the chance that like maybe you'll hit a good swing on turnover luck for three like must win games, you know? And it's like yeah, the Seahawks were in playoff contention or whatever, but like. The offense was so undynamic, you know, it's just, yeah. And so the fact that people like, are for, just for ignored, me, like, I want to imagine like I'm the Miami dolphins. Okay. Sure, and sure. I think that this is, this is like a situation you can get, we could get into too, where the, you're the dolphins, your team is b- progressing. You seem like you're getting yeah. better. You have a really good coach who, who got a lot out of a really bad roster last year. You have your really s- good draft right. assets. Your city's um, probably going to sink into the of- ocean in four years. So, you know, you got to do something, right? Instead of mortgaging the future um, by like giving 11 first round picks to go up and get Tua, you could just roll the dice on Jameis and then keep all of your draft picks 
And then if it doesn't work out, guess what? Next year, you can just trade all your draft picks to get a quarterback again. It's not like this is a once. I don't think that it's like a once in a lifetime talent. Another thing is other teams are going to be trying to trade up to get to a and you don't want to get stuck with like Justin Herbert. Although I've heard Miami loves <laughs> Justin Herbert. Oh, so man. they're a well-run and respected franchise. So I'm not surprised that they would uh, have a controversial read on a quarterback like that. But yeah. I mean, like I'm totally with you. There's like, I, I sometimes wonder if the owners even really pay attention to what's going on. Like, I mean, Tannehill was not, was not setting the world on fire, but it's the same exact thing, right? Like, I mean, and look how, yeah, that turned out pretty well for them. So who knows? And then uh, right now we haven't signed Clowney yet. Uh, Rumor Mill says that the kind of the optics of paying 20 plus million dollars to a 3.5, a guy who got 3.5 sacks last year is keeping the cost down, which is good for us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get him back on a, on a shorter term or maybe even a longer term deal at a more affordable price. I'm going to guess he's going to try to get, you know, like a two year, 40 ish million dollar deal and work look to work his way back into another into a Khalil he wants Khalil Mack money um which good I I do I do also yeah <laughs> right and then and then Don't worry, man. your time's we've, coming your time's coming we've been wow. in talks with Everson Griffin and I'm just gonna say it's not impossible looking at the Seahawks cap table that the Seahawks could get both of those guys that yeah, is very right. doable yeah um, and that would be very good for the Seahawks. They would have a lot of good, strong rotational pieces, probably go into the draft having only one major need along the defensive line, which would be to sign another defensive tackle. And yeah, I just think that that's where you want to be. You want to go into the draft open to taking the best player available. We talked about this before, but if you're open to take whoever, then you can you can just take the top guy on your board and not worry about what that means you don't, mm-hmm. and you can improve your team that way. You don't have to think. Now, of course, I don't know what guy the Seahawks have. What third, you know, third or fourth round pick the Seahawks have? Yeah, uh, they have. They have a pretty good track record of that, though. In the second, in the second round, but they always seem to find guys that fit the athletic profile they like. Yeah. And except for defensive linemen, I feel like we've really <laughs> done good drafting at every every position, even offensive line, like. Britt's a, Britt's a homegrown guy. He's pretty mm-hmm. good. I think Phil Haynes and Postage have a lot of potential in the center of the line. So it's not like we're totally incompetent there either. Uh, Carson's great. Tyler Lockett's mm-hmm. great. Uh, Will Disley's great. You yeah, know, we, yeah. We, we, know, we know what we're doing everywhere except for it seems like defensive line, I feel like every guy we draft, something really weird happens. Like Malik, like Malik McDowell is a good example of that. We're just the totally, totally doesn't work out. Frank Clark, though. We got Frank Clark. So maybe, mm-hmm. we, maybe it's just there's no – there's no position that we just can't draft. We yeah. take, take, take your guys, get out there. John Schneider, take your guys. That's my, Absolutely. That's my... yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think they're like, I think we are extremely averse to taking the risk on somebody that they don't view as like a cornerstone, you know, like they'll give, you know, like they'll give Bobby Russ, whoever, uh, you know, the, the three years guaranteed, like the real deal, you know, like in quotes. Uh, and the question is like, do they view Clowney that way? And you would have thought yes from all the praise, but eh, I'm, I'm not so sure. But yeah, I mean, I think Clowney and now we're down to just kind of Griffin in that tier. Uh, if they get both of those guys, it opens them up to do what they love in the draft, right? Which is what you just talked about, which is like moving up 20 ish spots in the, in the second and third to get, you know, the guy 
and their guy when they do that seems to usually be a pretty good player. Like I know that Lockett was like a trade up. Was Metcalf a trade up? I think so. And yeah, either way, yeah. there's been a bunch more. But yeah, when they when free agency doesn't play out their way, they seem to kind of have to, you know, uh, kind of scramble around a little bit. So it seems like they still have a plan and they're just sticking to it. The thing that sucks is that our plan relied on our Clowney not finding a market. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, and it made it so that there's not a lot of backup plans that we can go to if if this doesn't work out because everyone's already kind of finding finding right. places to go. I mean, they don't so. they don't really seem to be like behind on any free agency period, and that could all just be posturing. But they seem to be kind of out in front of it when there's a guy that they really want. So yeah, it makes me wonder if it's. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're bone just yet but uh if griffin or Clowney signs elsewhere you're absolutely right there i think they're i mean like who else is there at that point right like we're we gonna give up a bunch of picks for the ability to sign yannick it's just kind of like geez that would yeah, be we're, that would be another thing is is that they could probably if Clowney comes in you know at, at 20 per year there's enough room for yannick and Gakwe. yes they have to cut they probably have to cut mm-hmm. a restructure for it but there is room there to do that which would mean that we're all in on like either Ethan Posich or our new guy BJ Finney playing center, but that's fine. I mean, ha- they yeah. have they have have in house options that are at least acceptable to to go with there. It's not like yeah. great. it's like a bastion of health either. You know? I mean, I just think about like they all they always they always seem to have the like one year one you know one real contract year defensive tackle right mm-hmm. Outwoods. Um, others who are going to escape me because Tavares Jackson escaped me, so whatever. And then, I mean, I just think of how good the defensive line was when Ziggy Anso wasn't totally washed for that one game. And yeah, it was one game, but you could see like how much it just opened up everything. So I'm just, I'm remiss to think it's going to be a disaster if we only get Clowney, you know, and then even somebody who can bring more than uh, LJ Collier's uh, absolutely nothing. So I think, I think once it shakes out, they'll probably have Clowney and, and a bunch of dudes. Right. So, but just, I'll try not to be apocalyptic if everyone else can, can do the same. And I think we'll be okay. But that being said, they should assign Everson Griffin. I don't understand what's taking too long. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they could, they'd still have room for Clowney. It's not like it, those those two Mm -hmm. moves preclude each other at all. Okay. For, um, for now we're going to get into a little uh, Seahawks nest history. I'm going to ask you some questions. Just kind of okay. give people some background on the legend that is uh, Brett Hancock himself. <laughs> oh, uh, I got to go. You've had a little bit of like a robot voice thing going on. So hopefully that clears up. I don't know if it's like the the remote the remote interface we're using or uh, your less than rock solid home internet. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but but uh, let's let's go ahead and start with this. When when did you when did you uh, record the first episode of uh, back then? It was called From the Hawks Nest, right? Yeah. Was, so when was... it was 2008, I want to say, and yeah, it was definitely 2008. So you know, right when the Seahawks entered the worst period, and I was just super. I mean, I was just super bored. Like I'd go to the games with my lifelong friend JD, and it would just be like. We would come back and we'd be like, man, this sucks, right? Because there's no outlet to really talk about this terrible team that we want to talk about more for some reason, you know? And like, and like, 
I'd always just kind of liked recording stupid, you know, like radio stuff or whatever. And like, he was down, but like kind of apprehensive about it. So we just, you know, like we were already in the same place kind of deal. So we just kind of were like, Hey, let's do a podcast. And I mean, I don't know if people remember, but like 2008 podcasting was kind of wild, right? Like there, it wasn't really a thing, not to say I'm some, you know, like trendset or whatever, but it was like Mark Barron and Kevin Smith. And that was basically it. Right. So it was kind of, mm-hmm. it was kind of weird because we didn't, really didn't know what we were doing or if anybody would listen. And, you know, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have any metrics, but you know, we had a couple of people who listened. So we kind of, we kind of like, we kind of toughed it out and then dropped off and then came back and then dropped off and then came back. So over like three or four years, I think. Yeah. yeah so you were, you recorded with J- with JD at first. Um, mm-hmm. And like, what would you say like your guys is like, like, what were you, what was your like going for? Like, what was your process like? Would you guys, um, you know, meticulously plan episodes, just kind of turn the microphones on and riff? Like, what was your, uh, what was your kind of vibe um, that you were going for? Well, we definitely didn't have any user interaction to like fuel us. You know what I mean? There was not a single question in sight. We would have like his brother on sometimes or like his friends after the game who I don't remember being particularly like sober or like cognizant of what the hell to do, like to talk into a microphone. But yeah, we would just kind of be like, all right, well, let's talk about this game. Let's talk about the next game. And then like any news. And that was kind of basically it. I mean, it was weird, right? Because we didn't, yeah, we didn't really have a format. And a lot of the time it was kind of depressing to talk about the game. So we were just kind of trying to fill some kind of a, feel some kind of space of positivity. And, you know, we were both not the most positive people on the planet at the time. So, <laughs> but it was a lot of like, I don't know. It was, a, it was a lot of like, there was a lot of hot takes, but not in an engaging way. It was a lot of hot takes with, with, with like hedges, if that makes sense. Right. Just kind of like, okay, I know this isn't really, there's not really a lot of meat on this bone, but like that kind of deal. So, I mean, it was, it was okay, I guess, but yeah, we were kind of, we were kind of off the cuff. Okay. And then, so you do that. So, and then how, and you guys never really had like a set schedule, right? Sometimes you do it, sometimes you wouldn't. Oh yeah. It was, Uh, yeah, it was kind of, it was kind of awful. Like just kind of whenever the mood struck you, then I think I joined you guys, you and JD. And what would that be like? probably eight years ago something like that 2012 yeah it was definitely 2012 yeah and so yeah that was the save the marriage like that was the save the marriage by bringing someone else into the bedroom kind of deal because it was like (laughs) oh man like this is go yeah this is bad like what are we gonna do and yeah yeah so then i uh i came in and i think like the first thing i said was like okay well we gotta record on like the same day every week and mm-hmm. I just remember that was like a very, uh, that made me very unpopular <laughs> with JD. <laughs> yeah, it was tough, man. He had a, he had a lot going on, you know. So I, uh, I was like, I was like, God, people like, like knowing when things are going to come out. You know, it's like the NFL has the same branding. Like they, they release every, they release every Sunday and everyone knows when the next football game is. So it's like you you gotta you gotta make people you know you gotta have a, a schedule and stuff and i don't think you like that very much because i don't think the me and jd relationship didn't last very long no yeah you guys i mean i wouldn't say you clashed it was just kind of like hey i got other stuff going on uh i don't really want to do the podcast anymore and i was kind of like yeah all right 
I guess that works. But like, I wanted to keep doing it because we got to hang out. So it was like, yeah, that works. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, there was, there was no consistency. Uh, I mean, really it should have been shut down when I recorded, uh, an, an episode by myself when I could barely talk after we lost to the bucks at home in 2008, that was, that was arguably the greatest episode of the show. No offense to the fine work that you guys do. I just should have shut it down at that point. Been like, all right, it's peaked sports podcasting has peaked at this point. But you know, I didn't, and now we're here. So, yeah. yeah. Then, so, so you then joined. We, so then I joined. I'm in. We record some episodes. Uh, we build a schedule. We start like gaining some momentum because at this point we have metrics. We know how many. We have an idea how many people are listening. Also, the Seahawks then, were really good, which kind of helped. Yeah, the Seahawks kind of turned the corner. <laughs> I, yeah. As like, uh, I like having those older podcasts available just because it it means that there's a recording of me before the draft saying, I think Russell Wilson would be like a top 10 pick oh, yeah. if he was, oh, yeah. if he was yeah. six foot one. Cause I, <laughs> I go back and I like dig out that recording every once in a while. I'm like, yep, that was me. I did that. So just a, just a pretty, uh, pretty good time. And then we add Eric, Eric, um, we brought him in because he was our, both of our friends. And also mm-hmm. because he uh he had a legitimate like radio experience that he used to kind of teach us like hey this is how we should structure our show and this is what we should you know think about before we start and mm-hmm. talk about and stuff and kind of gave us like a little bit of um, structure. My favorite part about that era of the, of that is when we would make up the questions. Yeah, so I was I was gonna ask you if you we were had, willing to like admit that. <laughs> so we so we had this segment we did at the beginning of every test and we we'd have like um like one or one two two one or zero listener questions usually per week and we'd go in and we'd say okay these are the things we want to talk about and then we'd line up the listener questions with the things we wanted to talk about and then we'd make up listener questions to lead us to the other topics we wanted to get to yeah basically like the the greatest it was and then we'd always like we'd have to say like where the question came from because like i don't know yeah like a radio radio thing to do i guess and Uh my favorite was like Making up the name in the city, be like, yeah, that was oh, great. Is, a couple, a couple of them were Thomas real. Granite Falls. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah we'd have like one or two real questions yeah. a week. Yeah. It usually came from Eric's friend Michelle. Mm-hmm. Our friend Kyle would send in a question every once in a while. We had, and then there's a couple other people, but they were generally like the same four or five people sending us questions. Um, it really worked out because it brought this like cohesive sense to like there would be a question where like it was guiding into something that I wanted to talk about and you want to talk about. And yeah, that like really worked. That was a good, yeah. and, and Eric would bring snacks a, a lot of the time, which was pretty dope too. Yeah. yeah. So then you, you had kept having kids and your life got a little more, <laughs> uh, a little more hectic I mean, and busy. Like, like not on purpose, but yeah, for sure. And then, and we, and then we did some shows with just me and Eric and then we're like, we have to do something because Brett Brett is not going to be able to record every time or any time. Oh, dog. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, so then we, we brought in Kevin. I just want to say, this is your chance. How did it feel to get replaced by Kevin? It was good, man. I, no. It all honestly, I had so much other stuff, you know, like self-imposed, like crises. Like, let's not, you know, let's not mix. Yeah, you had a lot of stuff. You had a lot of stuff going on. You had three kids, man. Like, it's I not. I was literally three feet away when, like, I got replaced. And I was just kind of like, eh, it's cool. It's for the best this way. Because I, I just couldn't do we it. Did rec- we did record at your house with you there some 
yeah, just, that like, was always kind of weird too. You just you just like hang out, come in the room, be like, "How you guys doing? You know what's up? You know, yeah, can bring uh, you guys anything to eat? No, no, yeah, for sure. Um, it felt good because like Kevin wanted to do it. Uh, I've known Kevin a long time. It was never just like, oh, you guys got to pick the right. I was just like, I mean, I'm glad it's like not gonna die because I would have felt really bad if it was like this thing that was pretty cool, you know, like. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't really want to do it. I just kind of got, you know, stuff to do in this bed. I'm just going to go to sleep. Like, <laughs> that would have sucked. So, no, it was it was super cool. Didn't didn't we do a couple episodes with the four of us? Yes, we. Well, okay, the thing yeah. is, what would happen is that you would you would like jump in and out um, if you could. So, like, we'd be at your house and you'd like come in, and then we start recording at my house, and you just come whenever you could. So it was like yes. some episodes had Brett, some didn't. It was just like kind of random depending on it depended on like your availability eventually you just you, you just kept coming less and less and then and eventually <laughs> even though i still lived in the house with you <laughs> thank you yes. and then eventually yeah. like, okay you're like just take all the stuff to your house i don't care anymore <laughs> and that was it that was, that was kind of the 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 end of the brett era i mean the uh, show kind of took off though dude it was it was cool it gave you guys like a running joke to like you know segue but yeah i mean it was cool it was fun it got it got a lot better like i can't really lie in any way shape or form so i think i think what happened too is like after you left then we we got we spent like the next six months was basically us like trialing out like how we wanted the show to sound and be Mm -hmm. like and trying out different gimmicks we had the hypothetical question at the end and we then we switched it to movie club and just like trying different stuff that we wanted to do because our goal always was like we want this podcast once once we want this podcast to sound like if you were hanging out with three of your friends and they happened to watch a lot of football and know a lot of stuff about football like you know and so it just became that's that kind of was the vibe we were going for and the thing i like about the three guys we have now me eric kevin is that eric brings a, a lot of different perspective because i mean i look at everything through the lens of like i'm watching film with another coach and like i want to do it and i think kevin has like us uh has come that way too but eric eric kind of like waits and like listens to the scouting mm-hmm. reports and reads first and then he does research which i think is like a really good um it gives him a different perspective on guys that i think uh i don't know it kind of rounds us out in a, in a way that make, no. makes it less of like just two nerds jerking each other off under the table so. <laughs> you know i'm like i'm with you like that's kind of the funny thing too to think about is that it's like for its time 2008 2009 like i think jd and i were actually quite good because like no like pro football focus wasn't even a thing right like People didn't watch at the NFL through that lens. So like we weren't we weren't failing to give people something that another podcast was, right? So it was just kind of like but like I didn't like being that kind of fan cuz that kind of sucked, right? Cuz it like wasn't very fun. But yeah, like you guys amongst the three of you, like the NFL is not just football, right? Like it's a product and you guys each like have something that you are passionate about that like makes the NFL, you know, cuz like even though I hate college football, it's still like an obviously intertwined part of the NFL, right? So like I'm consuming this product, you know, every week, multiple times a week. So I can't just ignore college football and that's by Kevin's there, right? And there's also like the narratives and the stories and, you know, it's not just like, you know, it's not binary, right? It's not like players, you know, like, you know, like X and Y, blah, blah, blah. It's not like like baseball. 
you know, where, totally. where like, yeah, you can kind of watch boil. baseball or listen to baseball can, podcasts because it's just not. Yeah. You can boil baseball a little bit down to the numbers and you can really isolate the impact of each individual player because on some level it's it's kind of an individual sport, right? Mm-hmm, it's, absolutely, it's, it's, yeah. It's the pitcher versus the hitter and then, you know, and then maybe like one to three fielders gets involved on any individual play. <laughs> right, and the thing that always so, strikes me about baseball too is that like, okay, in football when you hire a coach, good or bad, it's a big deal, right? Because it changes everything. <laughs> Yet every year in baseball – I'll be, you know, casually going through who makes the playoffs. And I'm like, this old, this old crusty fuck is still coaching. Like I thought this guy was like run out of the league because he's terrible. And there's like a dozen of those. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that just doesn't really matter in baseball. Right. right you don't know. You don't know this, but we have an in podcast initiative to stop swearing. And you just like what? killed it right there. Nice job. Shut it, shut it down. That's, that's, um, that's from, from the Hawks nest is the, that's right. That was the first time that <laughs> I swore though. That's okay. First time there's one. It, it was, I, but I just wanted to call you out on it because it's funny. Okay, okay. The, remember the era where I had to send you the podcast when it was done so you could upload oh. it to the, the, the streamer thing that you had? Yeah, man. Th- throughout the course of this thing, we've been on WordPress a couple times. We've been on – for a while there, I didn't want to spend any money just as like a personal pride thing. This is still when it was me and JD. And we were on some like Library of Congress in DC's free like media hosting. I was <laughs> just like, man, what like what is happening with this? I'm sure it's long been shut down. And then yeah, then, then we were on SoundCloud free. And yeah, it's been it's it's been a ride on the technology front. Um, yeah, we've done we've done 216 episodes since we started SoundCloud Pro. I just looked it up. That's a lot. So, is that including the quick shot? Yeah, some of them. Okay. Um, all those right. those have those have all gone to Patreon now. So oh, the, uh, okay, the, yeah, that's right. The, the quick gambling, uh, you know, pick the winners podcast. That's uh, that's all on. Man, uh, rest Patreon. in peace, though the gambling uh, picks I, podcast. It's it's going to be a while one, before we get before we get one of those again. One thing I think for for me uh, is that next year for that I'm going to try to give out like more coherent gambling advice. I went real, a little deep with the jokes last mm-hmm. year, which I had a lot of fun with, but I think this year I need to give like more serious gambling advice because I crushed last year in yeah. sports gambling. And I just, uh, I feel like I need to pass that on to the Patreons a little bit. Well, I'm super excited for this year because like the one thing that I noticed, uh, and I, and I agree, by the way, I would definitely come to some episodes looking for some real advice and I'd be like, well, that sucks because now I gotta like message you and ask um, <laughs> instead. But yeah, like the Maybe fact I'll just that post, like three three like you know picks with my how many units I'm betting on them in the yeah Patreon, that'd be good in the, in that'd the be Discord good. or something. But yeah, like the point I was that I got myself off track on is like you can really see what the public is doing based on like quarterbacks because it's a quarterback driven league right and now like look at the change of all of these quarterback seats it's going to be wild dude like you're going to be able to bet against the public so much so i think you might even do even better this year so the first the first week of the season is where you can either make or lose a lot of money and Mm -hmm. one one thing one thing is like sometimes I'll have a really strong opinion of, on a team and it won't pay off the first week, but it'll pay off like weeks two through 16. So don't like, don't like just get thrown by week one. Like two years ago, I was like, the bears got Khalil Mack. They're going to be good now. So I bet on the bears against the Packers and they lost, right. but then they ended up ripping off like a, you know, 
12 wins or 11 wins. I don't remember what it was, but they were really good the rest of the year and they were really solid to bet on. So mm-hmm. just, you know, don't let, the, don't let anything sway you too strongly from your opinions until like, I think a couple weeks into the season. And then you can really be like, okay, I was wrong. That happens. Absolutely. Everyone's wrong. Last year I was wrong about the Falcons, except for they ended up with seven wins and like, <laughs> were, were really good at the end of the year. Yep. They, so they sure were. Um, all right. Any final thoughts about that before we hit our uh, movie club picks? About the podcast or about yeah, just, just about like oh, you know no, I mean, your your platform is your time to shine. Uh, sure. So I was in this band uh, called Barricade, and they were like uh, they were um, they were a really good like hardcore punk band, and like I played bass, right? And like I never contributed anything to it creatively, but like it was fun because I would have been going to all their shows anyway, right? So it was basically just all this like free entertainment that like I would have enjoyed anyway. And like, that's how I feel about the podcast, right? Like if that makes sense, like when I was on it, it was like, I would be listening to this anyway. And so, yeah, I mean, y'all do a really good job. Like I listen to it every week. Sometimes I skip the movie club cause I got other podcasts, but yeah, no, just uh, keep it up. You know, don't bring me on ever, ever again. Uh, you might have you know, to with this social distancing thing. Oh, I was your, dog say, is, your dog's going to have to chill out, man. I'm gonna have she's to send. A, yeah, she's she's being a butt because she doesn't normally get to be by the guinea pig cage uh, for this long. So she's kind of like having a she's having a meltdown. Uh, right. Yeah. So but, no, I'm good, man. All right, let's yeah. go. Money zone. Here we go. Uh, if you want to support the Seahawks Nest podcast, there are many ways to do so. The best way: head to Patreon.com/slash/SeahawksNest. Be like Brett. Donate to the show. <laughs> You can, for as little as a dollar twenty-four a month, get in the Discord where people are asking us questions all the time. I cannot express to you how much, uh, how much questions uh, I'm willing to answer on there. It is pretty much infinite. I don't have to do much work. I I have to do some work stuff, but it's like so it does not take me as long as it nor- being at work would. So uh, thanks to all the Patreons: Brandon, Timothy, Jack, James, Lucas, Carrie, Tom, Nick, Frank, Bob, <coughs> Richard, Karen, Mike, Brett, Flocktimus, Keith, Michelle. Brian and everyone else who has donated uh, money to us. You guys really help us keep going and you're going to help us get a new soundboard soon. So when we are back in person, it sounds much, much better. Um, all right. You guys got uh, some time. Don't, you know, don't rush this. We got a good two okay. years. So <laughs> two years. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I like how the, the OSPI guy said, well, we're preparing for the worst case scenario, which is that like this will go into next school year. And then the guy on the radio was like, Oh, what he like got all indignant it's like dude you prepare for the worst case scenario then that way when it's not you're you're all good it's i don't know people are so weird okay yes um let's uh let's do movie club the movie club this week what we're doing is we're recommending a movie that is on streaming and trying not to spoil it uh so i'm gonna recommend a movie that's based on a true story uh it's based on tanya harding's assault on nancy kerrigan it's called i tanya you can watch it on hulu right now Uh, Mm -hmm. i think i tanya is really great um there's a excellent performance by Allison Janney as uh, Tanya Harding's mom. And this movie has, um, does a thing where it blends music and the movie together in a way that is both excellent because Tanya Harding used weird music in her routines and kind of, you know, butted up against the kind of the norms of what a figure skater needs to look and act like. And yes, she wasn't perfect, obviously, but watch the movie. It's really good. I think Tanya is a great, great movie to watch uh i have a soft spot for like i have a soft spot like for movies that can take like something that people don't really care about with any kind of consistency figure skating you know i'm sure there's like other examples that will come to people's minds and like make them compelling 
Like, would you say it scratches that itch? Mm-hmm. Oh, you, if you haven't All seen right. this movie, Brett, you should. You I should haven't. Definitely, I haven't. You should definitely watch it. I yeah. will. I will do that. I mean, um, Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Stan plays Jeff Galuli, her husband, and he's like really good. I, right. I mean, you you hate him. Oh, so. Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished. I'm I'm looking at the stack of movies that I've bought the last four months with like, yeah, I'm gonna sit down and watch that tonight, and then it becomes next week and and so on. So. Mine is uh, not a movie, but it's a show that's only had three okay. episodes come out. So all we right, all nice. got some time. Uh, it's called Devs, and uh, it's on FX slash Hulu. I have no idea what that what that co-branding is like. But it's a techno thriller, and not one of like the ones that's accurate, like Mr. Robot, which is also good and you should watch. But I'm talking like just cheesy enough, just campy enough. Like Think like Antitrust, The Net, uh black hat movies like that hackers of course um it's right. really good it's got uh uh okay it's it's um it's let me just do this it's a it's a mini series so it's gonna have yeah. a finish it's not going to, it's not going to be like a thing that uh, necessarily has like uh, a, a setup for season two it stars nick offerman and allison Thank pill you. who are both very excellent uh, actors and uh, i almost said nick swartzen so thank you for for reining that one in and then the the showrunner is Alex Garland, the creator of uh, Annihilation and uh, Ex Machina, mm-hmm. and other uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, Twenty Eight Weeks Later, Dread, yeah, Var- various things that are really excellent things that you should already have watched. Yeah, so, yeah, it's got I'm, it's I'm got kind of this. a it's got kind of a good like uh, it's got like a cheesy network television with some teeth, like, and they kind of let all the characters kind of like ham it up when they need to kind of deal is i don't know it's really good it's like i didn't think i didn't think it was good that i found myself being like yeah you know what it's that scratched it every this won't this won't surprise you if you like alex garland but it's thinky you know it it, it's asking you questions it's trying to get you to think Um, yeah i'm a little afraid that like given that you know this guy's got a pretty pretty uh big catalog to pull off of like like have you seen it like so far the first three episodes i've only, I've only watched the first episode okay don't, don't yeah spoil, well, don't spoil no, anything though no, no 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 but like they they try and get you to think about something and i think i already know what that what that thread is so i'm kind of like disappointed but it's not it's not very whodunit well, kind of deal so yeah well, well, it's good. good the robot the robot sounds like the robots ate what you were trying to say there so that's perfect um the <laughs> the other thing is that if you're a person who's like, I don't want to wait for the episodes to come out every week, the last episode will air April 16th. So that's, you should start like, you know, maybe April 9th to, if you want to just, you know, mm-hmm. binge one episode a day, if you're that kind of person. If you're not too busy. Yeah. Which no one is. All right. I'm, I'm I, leaning so hard into the coronavirus jokes today, man. You gotta <laughs> give me back. I got more. All right. Well, for Eric and Kevin who are uh, gone, but mostly for Brett who joined me today. Thank you so much, Brett, for coming in. <laughs> yeah, thanks we for having me. We'll see you guys next week. Go Hawks.